Just wanted to jump on before our episode starts and give a trigger warning. We do discuss some heavy topics in this episode. We discuss pedophilia, which might be triggering or uncomfortable. So we recommend not listening if that's a hard topic for you. And this is definitely not an episode for children. Welcome to Sisters Not Saints, the podcast where we give real life advice from the sisters you've always wanted. Featuring two real life sisters, Kristen and Megan, and two real life sisters in law, Hillary and Zoe. Sisters Not Saints. You might think they're saints, but they. Some of them are sisters, two of them have sisters, but there's one thing that's for certain it's their sisters, not saints. Hey everyone, I'm Megan. This is Kristen. I'm Hillary. And I'm Zoe, still in Memphis. Wah, wah. Is everyone hanging out without me? Yeah. We have. Zoe. Well, Zoe has been coming home for the weekends, but this is the first weekend she didn't come home from Memphis. And we had so much fun without you this weekend. Yeah. And we did How something. Rude. Yeah, we did something we originally thought, oh, Zoe's going to be so sad she missed this. But turns out, I'm kind of glad you missed it. I think you'd be sad to have gone and done what we did. I think you would have like ended up saying there wasn't kittens, but it was animal related. We had a wild hare and decided to trek out about an hour from our houses and went to visit a dairy farm with baby cows, little baby dairy cows, literally one day old. Yeah, we saw a cow that was born the night before and he was so cute. So cute until you go on the tour and they kind of start walking you through the tour with like very defensive behavior. You know, you go on these tours and you're not thinking anything. You're not an inspector. You know nothing about the dairy industry. So you just take it at face value. An inspector. (laughs) Right. But then you're walking through the barn and they're starting to point out things and they're saying, well, don't pay attention to this or we do it like this because of activists on the Internet. Like, don't take pictures. Well, we, when they first parked the trailer at where the cows are, the very first thing the tour guide said was, now, before we get off, let me go ahead and answer questions that, because I know you guys read stuff on the internet. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, yes, we take them away from their mothers right away. But listen, they're not good mothers. They're and they terrible mothers. Step on the babies and kill them. And they're like they, the milk's not even good for them. It hurts they're their born, stomach. They're born and... with a sterile stomach, so they don't even need to be with their mothers right away or, or at all. They actually do really need the colostrum. Yeah. Well, they, 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 they did give them colostrum. She's like, they get one nursing from their mother. They get the colostrum, and, and then that... they have to build immunity on their own for six weeks away from the mother. And I'm sure you're going to ask about their dirty pins, but they go out of their pins tomorrow, so it would just be a waste of time for us to clean them. It and they so were weird. dirty. They were so dirty. But, you know, if she hadn't said any of that, we would have walked into the barn and just thought, like, they're cows. I don't know when cows the last are dirty. time you cleaned yeah. it. Like, you probably shoveled this out two hours ago. I have I w- no idea. Same. I would have had zero questions. But they, like, started off so defensive that well, I was like, oh, wait, are you doing right. something like, well, they wrong? Had, and then, so, like, we went and saw the baby cows first. And they were like, now there's a whole aisle you can't go down because those cows are really sick. And so we don't want anyone going near those sick cows. And we were like... It was just weird. It was like the vibe was weird. And it's like, you almost felt like you were in trouble for being there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or that you were there guard at that, that aisle. So like anytime you got close to the like, sick cow aisle, you had to like quickly veer away and go around. Yeah. It. It's like they thought we were there to like bust them. 
Yes. And it would have been different had they said like, welcome, like, please ask us any questions Mm -hmm. you have. Or like, these cows are this old. We, Mm -hmm. you know, we take them. But I don't know. It was just so, yeah, like very, yeah. Like we were inspectors. They were very defensive and it just. And they did say you can take photos, but don't take any videos. Yeah. In one part where the babies are. So when we were visiting the babies, you could take photos, but no videos. So we visited the babies for a while. And let me just say it smelled so bad. Yeah. Which is expected. I mean, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to smell bad. Yeah. It's going to stink. Yeah. But then you go to pet the cows, which it was so fun. And that part was really, they were cute and so fun. And they would lick you and their tongues feel like cat tongues. They're really sharp and fuzzy. And that was fun. But the tops of their heads, we noticed, were covered in blood and and had these little like holes, like these two holes on tops of their heads. So Hillary asked them, what is this? And what was their explanation? It was just... Well, they dehorned them because they said they can be very aggressive, Mm -hmm. which is, again, like I... I don't I don't know anything about farming or cows, so I don't question anything they were saying except for that so much of it was so defensive. And after the baby cows, they drove us further in to where the milking process is. Mm-hmm. And there, before we got off the trailer, they were like, we don't allow videos or photos in here because we know you guys will post it on the internet when all the activists are going to do. So <laughs> we can't allow that. And it was just like... Which immediately makes you start thinking, like, okay, Why what's are activists coming right. for you? Like, yeah. What's happening in here that activists are going to have a problem? Activists with? Yeah. are not inherently evil; they're just looking out for you, for the mm-hmm. food chain, for the animals. Like, it just made me the whole time I felt like, can I be your PR person right. and like help you word things better? Like, they could have so easily said, like, we don't allow photos or videos in here because it start- startles the cows, mm-hmm. or you know, our policy is no videos because it's Our trade secrets. Yeah, yeah. like so many of them did like throw out like you crazy activist out there and then it was like well why and then they were like look we know you guys are going to ask about our skinny cows but our cows love being skinny and bony (laughs) they love it they prefer we like them to be tall and skinny so they look tall and skinny and that's what we prefer and wouldn't you prefer it if you had 80 pounds of udders you you, would want to be tall and not i'm like if i'm a two-ton cow the least of my problems is an 80 pound udder Mm-hmm. Like that's just <laughs> well. Also, it may. I'm sure they are. They there's. They have been farming for almost a century, mm-hmm. and I. They could be a hundred percent right that that's totally normal, and the it's cows may prefer it. But it, it was just the way they were like, "We know you're going to ask about our bony <laughs> cow," and it was like I wouldn't have even noticed. Right, I do not pointed it out to yeah. me. I wasn't looking at all at their body shape, their body <laughs> type. Yeah. I, I accepted it at face value until you start with these little things, and then yeah. there was another little tidbit when we left about their inspection process oh yeah mm-hmm. peter overheard um one of the other people that was on the tour with us talking to the guide and she was like yeah um it's just crazy here because uh the inspectors show up with no notice which uh duh of course You're that's in how food inspections industry. work yeah um and she's like we failed our last inspection so we finally paid off somebody so that we can get a two-day warning before inspector inspectors come but we still failed and i'm like why are you telling customers yeah. this? And it was her way of saying like regulations are, mm. are too harsh yeah. and we need like as farmers, they're being too harsh on us and we have to do things a certain way. And I get that. Like I work in an industry where we have yeah. really strict regulations that sometimes don't really make sense and they come in unexpected, but also like I would never tell customers, mm. oh, we're not following the rules and we're right. failing. But also if you're failing, like that's... Yeah. a red flag like yeah, especially when you're serving like food and you're telling us the stores you're serving your product to and how you're mm-hmm. one of the biggest suppliers in the south and it's like 
you're telling me that you're failing your inspections? It was just so, it just, it felt yucky being there. And like, I guess I was under the impression that it was like a small family Mm -hmm. creamery. And so even if this stuff is happening in like the back rooms, I expected there to be like, like kind of like a very washed up version of this mm-hmm. that like yeah, you like see like their prettiest cows. cutest little yep. cows in like a little area and like this like quaint little milking room and things mm-hmm. like that i didn't expect to be like like a farm operation that you yeah. see in those videos yeah. where they're like this is how cows are treated yeah oh and it's then they like, said that they have 1400 cows and they milk them every two hours and they keep them pregnant every year to keep their no, milk. No, I think like, she said they milk them twice a day. Oh, really? I thought it was yeah. every two hours. Okay. No, because she was like, they, they get milked twice a day. It only okay. takes about 10 minutes. Okay. So they're not being that milked all the time. Okay. But so yeah, they milk them twice a day and that they keep them pregnant every single year so that their milk stays good and doesn't dry up. That. That's when Dash was talking to me mm-hmm. about the cow's weenie and yeah. I missed a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they like have, they impreg they do um artificial insemination. artificial insemination every year to keep them pregnant so their milk stays fresh. I'm like that's just a really crappy way to live. So Poor our cow. kids like loved this place. They thought it was a fun place to visit, but I think all of them said, "Ooh, we don't want milk anymore. <laughs> we don't ever want to drink milk again." Now that, I, that honestly, was- if we had gone in and they had said nothing yeah. like that that sounded yeah. weird, I really wouldn't have thought anything yeah. of it. Yeah. I really except maybe the like bloody horns, but I was like I didn't, you know, the cows weren't chained up or locked up. Mm-hmm. They milked and then they were set free to roam and it didn't seem like abusive, but mm-hmm. have like everything they said, then it that's what really made me like question yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. that's and yeah, maybe they are running like the most they're super nice to their animals, the most humane operation, but they just made it sound like it so was sketchy. Yeah. yeah, totally. Because if they're this upfront about this, mm-hmm. you know, it, it always makes you wonder like if I peel back the layers, what else are you doing here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I feel like if I had taken a video or a photo, I don't know like it to me there wasn't anything that was like incriminating no right yeah, but, it was just it just makes me wonder right it was just happening. like a regular operation of like cows getting hooked up to milkers and yeah then going on it's their like way what you see on tv i mean it's know? like yeah maybe it could have been like cleaner or i don't but i don't know even it's, I don't know. that's just it's what a I lot of cows, cows to keep up with yeah. that's just what you would kind of yeah. expect yeah so the I mean, creamery itself where yeah. they sold ice cream and grilled cheese and things was adorable and really delicious yeah Yeah. it was really good that was good but then i kept thinking about the failed inspections too so i was eating the ice cream (laughs) thinking like did this pass or Mm. is this the milk that didn't pass that you're now serving in the creamery (laughs) either way it did taste good so all's well that ends well okay well i'm i'm really glad i wasn't there (laughs) yeah it was just it was interesting and again i really feel like they just need like pr training yeah it was just like no you don't start off being defensive why are they they giving tours is it bringing in that much money why can't they just sell the milk and right have an ice cream shop well maybe it's for like community support and involvement and probably is extra money and i think all that's great they just need like a different approach a different yeah. spin on yeah. it or say nothing just kind of go with the cutesy farm tour and they're new to the area they've only been here two years i'm guessing they'll no they've been here um nine years but the creamery oh, opened okay. two years ago got it okay so yeah. i guess they're adding to it so it was interesting I'm going to turn this conversation from cows to pedophiles. Okay. Love it. Let's do it. Just an easy transition there. 
Perfect. Love it. <laughs> but it's because I really want to talk about this topic. And <laughs> we love to. Zoe doesn't, but. Talk pedophiles. Let's do it. Zoe doesn't like to talk about pedophiles. <laughs> she just looks horrified that yeah. I said pedophiles on here. All right. So All talk right, to Hillary us about Charles pedophiles. <laughs> okay. So there's an article that came out and I, there's so much I want to talk about with this article, but it's a Texas teacher faces termination after a video showed her telling students to use the term minor attracted persons instead of pedophiles. A student said the 18 second clip was taken out of context. So there was a clip and she, in the 18 second clips that a student took, she said, she says, stop calling them that you're not allowed to label people like that. Stop it, Diego. We are not going to call them that. We are going to call them MAPs or MAPs, minor attracted persons. So don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. This clip came out. It went to, I guess, the school board and she did lose her job. Mm -hmm. Um, But now the students are coming out and saying, no, no, no. This was all taken out of context. Mm -hmm. That was just a clip from like a really long conversation. We had read The Crucible. We got into this deep discussion. And she was actually saying kind of how ridiculous it is that we can't call Mm -hmm. them pedophiles. And they just took like that clip that sounded, you know, more extreme or more opinionated when she really wasn't saying that. Yeah, I did hear about this story. And yes, they are like taking it and running with the headline teacher fired after defending pedophiles Mm -hmm. but then yes once you peel back the layers and dig in that's not at all what she was doing and in fact it was more about it was in texas right Mm -hmm. it was more about all of the restrictions that have been placed on teachers and what they can and can't say in class and what they can and can't teach and she was kind of going into that yeah it was more of like an exaggerated like sarcastic Mm -hmm. sort of conversation which i guess still inappropriate is it though i don't know that it is because i was just sitting here Playing devil's avocado, as Zoe would say. Um, You know, I don't think it's necessary. I think it would be inappropriate if she were lecturing them this way and saying this is how we, you know, talk about this group of people. I think it is totally fair for a teacher to open it up for discussion and say, let's take opposing viewpoints on this. I did that in high school all the time. Uh, back in 2001, before it was legal, we had to argue. Uh, we she would our English teacher would hand out various arguments, and we would have to take one side or the other. And I had to write a paper on the pros, the pluses of adoption as a gay couple, and someone else had to write the opposing side, even though we didn't necessarily like it had nothing right. to do with our personal beliefs, even though mine did align, so it was easier to write. Um, but I think it's totally fair to weigh these things out in a classroom. To what say, was the grade that this was? If you're reading the crew. It's at least eighth through high school. There, it was definitely high school. I don't remember it saying the grade. I'm sure it's somewhere online, mm-hmm. but I don't know. But so somebody who was against her on the school board said she should not have strayed as far as she did. Hypothetically, I could have the best lesson plan in the world, but if I don't follow the lesson plan and I deviate into some areas, I shouldn't be teaching about or talking about the lesson plan. It's the lesson plan is kind of pointless. And I 100% disagree with that statement. Mm -hmm, As a teacher, of course, you have a lesson plan, you go Mm -hmm. into it. But even when I taught first grade, your plan deviates because kids have certain interests, certain questions, it goes into all sorts of things. And I was always taught that that's good. And you should delve into what the kids 
are asking right. it keeps them interested it's i mean you're in school and i just think it's getting so ridiculous at the standards the teachers are being held to and to say that you have to teach this you can't teach this you can't teach my child this like no they're in school and they're not only meant to be educated on academics but you're there to learn how to be social how to relate to people mm-hmm. how to have debate critical right. thinking yes exactly critical thinking and the i don't think a teacher should go in giving their straight up opinions like i don't think any teacher should say this is who i voted for and this is why because they shouldn't be swaying a student one way or the other but they should be offering up this is how one side thinks this is how the other side thinks and then let the students debate and the teachers there to be the mediator between that and let them have those discussions and that's really important these i'm sorry but teenagers are in the real world they're most of them are working Mm -hmm. they're dealing with adults they're online they're on social media they're getting this information whether you want them to or not and it's good for them to be in school and have a conversation with an adult they can trust obviously i'm passionate about this but it infuriates me that teachers are held to like ridiculous standards you can't say anything without getting in trouble right i think it is fair for teachers to provide the framework for a discussion or an argument you don't have to necessarily um, teach them one way is right or wrong. You're just teaching them how to think critically and honestly how to put yourself in someone else's shoes and think about it from a different angle. Because even as you were saying that, you know, in my mind, my first response was, oh my God, no, we're not calling them minor attracted persons. Like they are a pedophile. And then as I was like thinking about it, I thought, what if I had to argue the other side? You know, Mm -hmm. is there an argument there? And I think it is healthy to do that with things, new concepts, because it does challenge you to think about it from a different perspective. And while I may eventually get back to the idea that like, no, a pedophile is a pedophile, you know, I think it's still good to kind of weigh out the logic behind different concepts as they're introduced and then decide where you land on it. Play yeah. both sides. And there is another side to that argument because when you read more into this, they were discussing how there are people who are pedophiles attracted to children and but have not acted on it. And it's like a mental illness. Mm-hmm. And those people are like advocating to be called minor attracted persons. They don't want to be called a pedophile because they haven't acted on it. And they're like in therapy and they're trying to get help and they don't want to be attracted to young people. But I'm I not do, saying I agree yeah. with not calling them pedophiles. <laughs> I'm not honestly not sure how I feel because that's just very disturbing to me. Mm-hmm. Well, but I think it's that- another argument, and I think that's okay for them and the kids in the class to like have these discussions. To hear that angle, yeah, yeah, right. But I do think a pedophile is still a pedophile even if they haven't acted on it. It is that is the, the definition of right. it because it's you haven't committed the crime, mm-hmm. but you're still a pedophile, right? I don't. We don't need to like make this sound better that you're a minor attracted person. No, you're a pedophile. Yeah, but those people, like, kudos to you that you have those a derogatory <laughs> term. That's well, their argument. I'm sorry that you have this mental, but your mental illness is pedophilia. Mm-hmm. That that is the mental illness. It's a danger. It's like a person that's psychotic. I, I'm. I don't want to say I'm pro pedophiles. <laughs> okay. But I. As at playing devil's astronaut, I am on team like those people have an illness. I don't think anybody grows up and is like, I want to abuse children. That is a mental illness. And sometimes people can't get help. Even the four of us, we can't even barely manage our own anxieties. How can someone who has this thing in their head, like stop that? I doesn't, don't think that means they need to be around children or not be in jail, but yeah, I agree. It's a mental illness. I don't think but they're doing it on purpose. Yeah, no. I agree. It's a mental illness, but I still think we can call them what they are. Like, I'm sorry that your, your yeah. name for your mental illness has such nasty side effects, but 
you're still a pedophile and maybe you're in treatment to keep you from committing the crime but you're still a pedophile you're not a minor attracted person maybe there is a benefit to calling them something like a minor attracted person if it makes them come forward before they act on it like if they feel like there's a community of people willing to support like if we say look thank you for telling us you can (laughs) never be around children you're going to be open about this you can't live near children you can't you know everyone's going to be watching you but we would at least rather know before you act on it like isn't that maybe better than them hiding in secret, hiding in these corners on the internet, going out and stalking kids because they can't talk about it? I don't know. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I right. agree. I don't want to hear about it, but I'm just saying, yeah, isn't it better? I, yeah, I get that, like, let's make it, I don't know, let's make it a safe space for them to talk about these issues, but I, 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 don't, I don't even know that we should be making it a safe space for them. The world isn't a safe I space do, for I you. Do. <laughs> I do. I, I know I get I, yeah I get where you're coming from well, it's like I want to hear Zoe's like because she does have an interesting viewpoint I think well just even I mean it's 2022 and society still doesn't accept gay people they're still calling that a mental illness so like a hundred mm. years from now we may be like okay these pedophiles have a mental illness and let's no out how- but no we can't com- we can't compare pedophiles to gay people no I'm not comparing them I'm just saying like societally like accept- accepted like no I don't think as a society we <laughs> need to accept no I don't no I don't think that's what she's saying and I I hear what she's saying like I don't think that we're accepting it I think we there needs to be a place for them to go where they can get help before they act on it where they know if but I the problem if is, I raise my hand and I say, look, I'm, it's kind of like, you know, suicide hotlines. Like there mm-hmm. needs to be a place where if you say I'm having these urges, I'm having these, I, w- I might act on it. Where can I go to get help where I won't be, you know, like a danger to someone or a danger to myself? But the, that's the problem, though, is there's nowhere for them to go. That's that is the problem. Would you say that being a serial killer c- right. comes from a mental illness or trauma? I would. And then would you, so would you then be like their repetitive dead person attractiveness or something? Like, should we change the term for everybody who's some sort of severe illness that causes them to be Exactly. Like, I think because it's like, oh, no, I'm not, I I just like to have sex with dead people. It's my mental illness. I don't think you I'm can not a use, criminal. I'm mentally ill. I don't think you can use mental illness as an out. That's what I'm saying. Right. None of this should be excused. It is never, ever okay to have these thoughts, ideas, definitely not to act on it. No one agrees with that. No one on any side of any political spectrum. But is there a way to make it easier to avoid these things happening to children to keep kids safer? Like, what can we do to make kids safer? If we appease them and say, okay, look, we'll call you minor attracted people, and then they feel like that's less offensive to say, will they then be more likely to go to therapy, get help, keep themselves away from children? Like, that's just the question. I don't know. None of us know. But if that were the case, yeah. Right. Then that would be great to have them stay away from children, have less. So the goal is as a society to get to where we just accept these people walking no. amongst no, us. No, not accept no. And be them. like, like, what do they wear? Like a badge? Like, oh, that's a map. Kids, get away. There's a map over there. I would rather know. <laughs> but it's also not accepting them. I mean, it's not accepting. It's it's making maybe an avenue. And I don't know this for sure. It's just like an idea. Like, is right, it but it's like, avenue? so where do they go? What do they do? Go to therapy. Yeah, keep but I yourself, don't like register yourself. Keep yourself away from children, away from schools. You can't be a teacher. You can't be a coach. But I feel like then the same argument could be made for just 
straight up rapists. It's like, yeah, I'm somebody who, not me personally, I'm just, this is a hypothetical. I'm someone who's turned on by like forcible rape, but I'm just going to register myself as like a, someone who is sexually attracted to forcible rape. Is that, is then is this opening the door for anybody who has, what, what do we call them? Alternative interests. Like if someone who's turned on by and can only perform sexually, if it's under like a situation where there's forcible rape, then do you register yourself as a forcible rapist? Well, so I think there are communities of people, men and women that do enjoy that sort of thing. And they can find consenting partners that are into like a more forcible experience. No, but there's a Whereas there's there is a, no avenue of that. Like there should be no avenue for children, obviously. No, but there's a difference between like a role play situation and someone who has to forcibly rape somebody. Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't know. I feel like hypothetically if calling them maps uh-huh. kept them somehow from but it would hurting children and got them the help that they needed to keep, then I would call them maps. But yeah, I don't see how that's possible. Mm-hmm. And I, and it does open up a door to all people who have these urges that are criminal. Mm-hmm. I'm a very empathetic person, but I, I find it very hard to be sympathetic mm-hmm. or empathetic towards anybody. Who yeah, I do too. Would do that. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I know and I that do- it is mental illness and trauma, whatever, but I have zero empathy for anyone that harms a child yeah and it, and i don't know that i even hope that we get to a place as a society where we can accept these people i don't know no i don't i don't want that's i hope that's not what my comments were saying that we accept them i think it's just is there a way to remove them from the population you know or make some <laughs> or give some like give, give us some like give us a heads up you know that that's what you're thinking so i know that you're not coaching my kids sports teams you're not you know, a teacher at their school. You're but not. But I guess the problem is, though, is but that. Any go ahead. Isn't Zoe. that what they're saying? What is wrong with someone who has these thoughts but isn't acting on it? Well, I mean, if you found out there was someone who had registered mm-hmm. themselves as a minor attracted person, they had it under control, and they were now coaching your child. For me, no, that, that would, would be a hard be, no. You should mm-hmm. never be allowed to work with children. They register themselves as that, that they were not allowed to be around children. But I guess the problem is the people that are that would register themselves aren't the still aren't the people you'd have to worry about, I guess, or are and are just they've now found that this is a way to alleviate. Yeah, but they concerns. would be because, yeah, you I, just no move them all to, to minor about. attracted person island. Well, mm-hmm. and to answer Zoe's question, like, what is the problem with people that think about it, but don't act on it? It's because even thinking about it is thinking about harming a child. It's in your mind fantasizing about doing something that is harmful to a child's psyche, their future. Kids cannot consent. It is harmful for them to but be put in a position. Isn't but, controlling their those thoughts. Just like, don't you have crazy thoughts in your head with anxiety and you're spiraling out? Like, But it's directed at me. You know, it's not directed at kids. Like if I started having anxiety thoughts about children, I would want to be separated from my kids. Someone who's attracted to children and is admitting that they have this issue in their brain is not the going to be the person who's doing that as well. Like that's the point is like if we call them something different and we give them help, they don't want to have these thoughts. Just like I don't want to have the crazy thoughts in my head. Like mm. these people just we none of us can understand this because we don't have this thought. Yeah. But I don't think any of those people grew up and were like, oh, let me have this crazy thing that can put me in jail, that can get me killed, that will harm other people. Like no one grows up I get, wanting that. Yeah, I get that. And I do understand they're not choosing it. But at the same time, we do have to treat them differently because they're having these thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's like someone that's suicidal. Like, 
just I know it's not their fault, but yeah, I may have to call and get you put under a 5150 because I don't want you to harm yourself or harm someone else. So I think we do have to treat them like with some delicacy. I don't know if that's the word. Yeah, I think they should be okay. treated differently and have more support. Yeah. But you know what? Here's the thing. Men are and women are physically and physiologically responsive to other people sometimes outside their relationships and because they're in a relationship they have to control it it is a choice that we are able to make you know even if you have that attraction to others so i don't know why we would hold them to a different standard just because you are a minor attracted person a pedophile why are we saying like well he can't control it when all of us are controlling our urges or whatever weekly whatever you know we have to suppress these things because of society our relationships the rules and boundaries we have but you can control your panic attack and not getting them um well i do have to get help for that you know yeah and, that's what we're, that's what they're, that's what they're saying is that they want help labeled differently instead of oh they're great like somebody calling us crazy but don't you think there's and some moral grayness here grade. like morally gray like i feel like they have this either it's uh, like trauma or mental illness and there's some moral grayness in their cores because I feel like if I had this problem I would be one to raise my hand and say I've got this problem never let me around kids yeah and I'll say for me personally I'm not at a point and I don't think society is either where we're ready to accept those people and just say it's mental illness and, well, that's and what- we can get them help and live peacefully well I think that's the point none of us have said accept it I think it's yeah. just right. how do we remove them before they're more of a threat can we protect more kids and i think jury's out like we don't know if that would help or not i can agree with that i'm very hot (laughs) (laughs) but also transitioning out of this into something lighter about this topic i think this is a good lesson to everybody that you can't just read the headlines on a story because this entire headline got this teacher fired for something that she didn't even do Mm mm-hmm Everybody now having a camera phone and being able to take a clip of a moment that then someone is judged by for the rest of their life. That's just it's getting tricky out there. And everybody has to be really careful about the content they're consuming and making sure they're not making snap judgments. Well, it's funny because she was trying to teach critical thinking and she in doing so, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone allowed their own critical thinking to lapse. Mm -hmm. They couldn't, you know, even weigh both sides. And so she got fired for the exact thing she was trying to teach. So now that we've wrapped up some heavy topics, let's move on to some lighter, hopefully, (laughs) advice questions. Hopefully you guys have given us a couple of easy ones this week. First question is, I am attracted to my... (laughs) (laughs) All right. We got to get some help over here. All right. Someone call the police. She needs a badge. All right. All right. What do you have for us, Chris? Uh, Well, I've got a story about a weird boss. So tell me if you guys Mm. think this is weird. Uh, This man says he went away for a work trip and his girlfriend's boss invited himself over while he was away. His girlfriend works from home and had a repairman coming over and the boss didn't want her to be home alone. So he showed up and the girlfriend doesn't think it's a big deal. It was just a moment of poor judgment by her boss. But the boyfriend feels like it's very suspicious and he wants to say something to the boss. 
Okay, first mm-hmm. of all, it's not appropriate for the boyfriend to talk to the boss. Oh, also, the, the boss is married with yeah. two young kids. No, the boyfriend does not need to confront the boss. That would no. be so weird. Um, I guess it first of all depends on the relationship she has with her boss. And I'm coming at this as like uh, someone who's a boss of females and I'm a female. I don't think it would be weird if I went over to one of my employees' houses. But yeah, the different sex does bring another element into it. But I think it does depend on their relationship they have. Well, it must not be the kind that it would be normal for him to do that if the boyfriend's questioning it. I had a male boss that I was very close with that I think Peter, my husband, would have been like really comfortable with that. We liked him. But I have other male bosses that wouldn't have been okay. It would have been weird. I think it's weird that it was when the boyfriend was out of town. That he didn't warn her before he came. He didn't yeah. say, or he didn't offer. You know, if you say like, right. hey, I know Chris is out of town and, you know, it can be a little like my wife wouldn't want to be home alone with a repairman. Would you mind if I came over? Would you want me to send my wife over? I don't know. Like make an offer. But just showing up does feel weird. But I can't say that it's all. I really can't say that it's malicious or sinister if there is a repairman there. It's not like he was right. going to make a move with a repairman present, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, it's weird. either like it's either was thoughtful of that boss to do that or it's fishy and the story's fishy and the girlfriend is making that up to have a reason for the boss to have mm. showed up. Like oh. if he either trusts his girlfriend or not. So either she's telling the truth and thought it was weird that the boss popped over and she could have just when he got to the door said, no, thank you. I don't I don't need you here. Or she's making it up. Yeah, um, I guess because I was looking at this question from the girlfriend's perspective, but I guess the guy wrote in, and yeah, it is a little fishy. Yeah, I think maybe, I maybe she was venting to the boss <laughs> about being home alone and like, oh, you know, maybe she no. was putting some feelers out. No, I think that maybe they have something going on that they're having an affair. The boyfriend ca- like called and was like, why is so-and-so there? And she had to make up a story. Well, if that's not the case, then she should be the one to go to her, her boss and say, no, thank you. That's not okay. Yeah. Definitely not the boyfriend. Agreed. And if the shoe were on the other foot, let's say, because we always use Peter as an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had a female coworker, boss, whatever, come to the house while I wasn't there for whatever reason. And it made me uncomfortable. I would mm-hmm. definitely make Peter talk to her. I yeah, wouldn't be the one exactly. to talk to her. That automatically escalates it to another and, level. Yeah. And I mean, also, if if it did make the girlfriend uncomfortable and she does want to talk to him, I would I would talk to the boss over him because... Yeah, if she needs to go to HR. If, this as, is, if the whole story is true and he showed up... Yeah, don't go talk to the boss to because you need to go to the boss over him and at and least have a record of it. Yes, because like if, the, if your boss is showing up at your house unannounced, that is weird. Because like even me being a boss of people... If I wouldn't show up unannounced at their houses, I would call and say like, yeah. hey, this is going on. If you feel uncomfortable being there and you need someone to come over, I'll, I'm more than happy to come sit there for an hour. Right. Right. And as someone that worked in HR for 15 years, we used to get things like this often. And it was never, well, I can't say never. It was oftentimes not malicious. It was a boss who had good intentions. Right. And it just came out poorly. But it is helpful to get HR involved so that there is A, a record of it. And B, you have someone that's advocating for you and helping to coach the manager along and say, like, this is, you never want to put yourself in this position and you never want to put someone else, like you're making this automatically a power dynamic issue Mm -hmm. in a work relationship. You're just opening yourself up to a can of worms. So I think, yeah, HR is a good suggestion, but good luck to you. Let us know how that shakes out. Yeah. Good luck. All right. What you got, Hillary? 
This listener says, I'm moving to a different country very soon and I'm in total denial. I'm excited to move, but I'm also really attached to my friend group and routine here. I've become much more attached recently. How do I process this big upcoming change? That's hard. So they're moving out of the country and they're wondering how to process the change with the friend group. I think just with everything, I think to me, it kind of reads as they, you know, now that they're moving, they feel very sentimental about their friends and their routine. And they're just like, now it's like, I think it's hitting home like, oh, I'm not going to be with these friends anymore. Yeah. I've been in this position. I moved out of the country. Mm -hmm. I don't know. 12 years ago, I moved out of the country. And... I think what it is, because they're saying they're in denial now, they're feeling really sentimental, is that since you do know this big change is coming, everything is more, means more to you because you're thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be at this coffee place. Oh my gosh, they're going to have parties without me. Oh, Mm -hmm. everything. I'm not going to be doing the same drive. You're like thinking about things so much more. And so it makes it harder because you know that it's imminent, that things are going to be changing and that people's lives are going to go on without you. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that you won't still stay in touch or be friends, but you know, you're going to be missing out on things. And I don't know, my advice would be how to process the change. We had a, cause me and Peter, we were dating at the time, but we moved out of the country together. We had a big going away party. Um, so we made it, you know, like a big fun affair of let's all get one last big blowout before we leave. And, you know, you, make promises to stay in touch. You schedule Skype or Zoom dates or whatever with people. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of have all these things planned ahead so that you know, like you're still going to be in touch. You're still going to be friends. It's so much easier now with like social media and all the apps you can use to still text and chat with people. Like it will be different, but you can still stay in touch and feel kind of included and just know that like, just have those things prepared ahead of time. I feel like it's helpful that you're having this big life change post-pandemic where we all had to learn how to keep these relationships alive oh yeah for sure digitally because i had a long distance relationship way before any of this was a possibility and we couldn't join these like what were those netflix parties people were doing and Mm -hmm. you could watch tv together together. like we couldn't do any of that so i feel like you've got such a good chance of keeping these relationships going and on the bright side building new relationships like Mm -hmm. no relationships stay the same in different seasons of life so i think embrace the change that you have coming stay connected to your people from the past keep them in your present but also be open to new friendships and new opportunities because you can have your new best friendships come along anytime in life that's true yeah that's what i was gonna say start planning things in your new where you're going to be living like start getting excited about new things you're gonna be doing and start exploring ways to meet people and get out in the community and yada 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 yeah. It's also good practice. Sorry to take away Zoe's answer, but it's you're going to have to do it again. I'm just assuming that they're not moving forever to another country. Maybe they are, but assuming that they're not, say they're like me, I left for a year. If it's something like that, you're going to, it's going to be the exact same thing. You're going to have new routines, new friends. You're going to have to say goodbye and leave again. So it's kind of like, this is a good practice mm-hmm. on how to like get used to those big changes. Mm-hmm. Zoe, you're someone that leaves for work like a lot. So how do you, do you have any advice? Well, I just... Uh, think change is the only constant thing and usually until you're about 18 unless you've moved a lot like your life has been really stable so everything after that is just going to be constantly changing so this is just like probably the first big move they're making so yes 
And change is good and exciting. You can't do the same thing your whole life. And even if you didn't move, there's still another one of your friends may move or get married or get pregnant. Like and everything, like your whole routine and friend group is going to change anyways. Yeah. So just go with this season of life and have fun. Be open to new experiences. Oh, I have a a man that's written in who says that he and his girlfriend have totally different personalities. He sounds Mm. like an extrovert or an introvert. Mm. He likes to spend his Fridays and Saturdays at home watching movies and reading. And his girlfriend likes to go out to the clubs with her friends and bars and have fun. And they're totally okay with the fact that the other one doesn't want to come. She accepts that he likes to stay in on weekends. He's comfortable with the fact that she likes to go out with her friends. However, and they go out with a shared friend group. Like their friends overlap. However, this past weekend, one of their mutual friends sent him a video of his girlfriend in the club making out with another man. Well, that's a problem. And he confronted her and she said, look, it's just fun. It's what happens in the clubs. <laughs> this doesn't mean anything to me, but I just like to go out and be in the moment and have fun. Which sounds like she's done that more than once. (laughs) Totally. This is just her norm. She's saying, don't be so insecure. It was just a kiss. And he says, I felt like our boundaries were the same, but now I'm questioning everything. Yeah, And you should be. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think this is fair that you're questioning everything. I think a lot of talks need to be had. I think a lot of things need to be figured out. And I think this is... And that she's trying to manipulate him and say that it's no big deal she clearly was not open and honest about it if it was so normal and comfortable for her he would have already known this was happening well and that's what i'm gonna say if they're if she's going out with their overlapping friend group and this is the first time that someone sent a video of this happening it can't be like happening all the time it can't be the norm for her someone would have seen this before unless maybe they don't all go out as big groups maybe sometimes it's just the girls and this time the guys were there too People keep secrets sometimes because they don't want to be the one who ruins the relationship and tattles. I know. I wonder if she's looking for an out in the relationship and maybe she doesn't even know it yet. But, you know, sometimes when you're done with a relationship, you check out before you break up. Right. And it sounds like that's what she's doing. And that's painful. No, it sounds like she just wants both. She wants to go out and have fun, make out with strangers in bars, (laughs) and then have the comfort of having her lovely boyfriend at home. Which is fine if that's that's what she wants to do and he's okay with it. But if he's not okay with it, then you don't get to go out and... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think he has to make a decision. But like, if he's like, I'm an introvert, and if you need to go out and like make out with people at clubs, then fine. But if he's not okay with it, then sounds like this relationship isn't going to work out. Yeah. You guys need to be on the same page. And if she wants to be in her party girl era, good for her. Let her do it. We have to cut her loose and find someone who has the same boundaries. Who wants to be home and reading. morals as you, or start going out with her a little bit more. No, but he shouldn't. You don't. Have, you shouldn't no. ever be in a relationship where you feel like you have to babysit or be there so that they don't cheat on you. Yeah, yeah. like I like the fact that you guys can go out separately sometimes, right. but <laughs> like, but also I will say sometimes because I do feel like it's a little strange when it's always right. her going yes. out and you're not there. That does seem like you're both sort of checked out, right? Sometimes you do just have to go along, suck with it things. up, and be an extrovert. Totally, like you don't, or think... suck it up and be an introvert. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes she needs to be in watching movies with you. Like you got to find a happy medium. Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't want to do that, she's not your girl. And in the long run, don't you want to be with someone that you want to spend time with? Right. And not like all the time, but like to have shared interest. Yeah. Right. Yep. Life is long. You need to find someone that you have fun doing these things with. All right. Good luck. Any other questions from your side, Hillary? <clears throat> yes. I have one from a woman who said, I overheard work colleagues say that I seem arrogant. I know I am opinionated, but I don't ever mean to be snobby. I don't want people to think this of me or for it to affect my growth and my career. Mm. How should I remedy this? Did someone write this email about me? (laughs) (laughs) 
So did you write it in? <laughs> Are people calling you have arrogant you, at work? Have you Zoe? gotten this feedback, Zoe? No, I just <laughs> off quiet over there. Get Luke back on. You, Where's Luke when we need him? Um, how to not seem arrogant at work when people think you're arrogant? Well, or to fix the fact that they already think you're arrogant. Well. You know, I think this I happens know. sometimes with people that are a little bit more shy because mm-hmm. I've gotten feedback in the past that I seem like closed off or snobby. And it's Me really too. just that I'm like shy or like don't know how to start a conversation or don't want to insert myself. And it's not at all that I'm like intentionally snobby it's, or standoffish. I just am shy sometimes. I've received that feedback a lot, actually, yeah. and mm-hmm. kind of recently from someone I worked with who got to know me. And then said, originally, when they met me a couple years ago, they thought I was super stuck up and snobby. And I was really just very shy. Right. So I I guess that does come off that way sometimes. And I guess the way to deal with that is just try to have more fun with them and try to, like, not be so in your shell. I think if it's affecting you career-wise and you don't want it to, I would maybe think about exploring therapy as an option. Because I think sometimes, this is something I've had to sit with at times, there are times when I've been standoffish and I've had to ask myself like okay if I'm really asking myself and people are noticing it I think my boundaries are too high like I've been hurt in the past and so Mm -hmm. now I'm keeping my walls too high and now it is making it hard for people to get close to me so if that is affecting you in your career and it's a problem maybe the idea of therapy would be a good one and just say this is what I'm experiencing it is holding me back at work what can you do to help me work through it like maybe it is something where your boundaries are too high she does mention, though, that she knows she's opinionated. Mm. So it could not be that. It could be maybe she's just really opinionated and not shy about sharing her opinions. And someone takes that as arrogant. Yeah. And maybe, you know, sometimes you have to read the room a little and yeah. not, you know, especially if it's a big difference of opinions to maybe not come off so aggressively. I don't know if that's what's happening, but right, to take a step back, listen to other people's yeah. opinions, maybe not offer yours unless asked or feel the room. Mm. Zoe, thoughts? Uh, this symbol is mouth closed, ears open. Zoe is squeezing <laughs> her fingers together. Middle it looks kind of like a shadow puppet. It's kind of like the I love you. But the middle fingers Close are down mouth, on top of her thumb. Keep your ears open. We'll take a picture. Let's Does someone show you? Like, like if the- you're in conversation with someone, are you supposed to do that to tell them to shut up and listen? Hold on. Let me take yeah, your photo, Really, Zoe. like you can teach your children. But I, someone was telling me about teaching their children and I was like, oh, that's great. I need that for myself. I'm going to remind myself, just keep my mouth closed and listen. You know, and some good advice I've gotten on that note is, or I've heard is listen twice as much as you speak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you find that you're in conversations with people and you're always the one that's like dishing out your opinions. Yeah. I think it's time to like, no, reel it back in a little bit. People want to be heard. Yeah. They don't want to feel like they're always being preached at. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Especially in a work environment. Right. And we get it so much everywhere else. You open your social media and you see everyone's opinions on everything. Mm-hmm. And it, I think people are just a little bit worn out by it. People love a listener. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just start out your conversations with, hey, how are you? How have you been? What's going on in your world? Be more of a, an approachable listener. Mm-hmm. Another perspective is, because we don't have a lot of details, if you just overheard one person saying this it might not be everybody's opinion right because you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea you won't please everybody if it's just one person i mean i'm not saying don't work on it you know you could still work on yourself but also maybe don't be so hard on yourself because maybe not everybody thinks that right don't give so much weight to one person's opinion because if you're doing well at your job and you don't have a problem with who you are 
The person to ask would be your boss or your leader. Just have a conversation and say, I heard this and I'm feeling this. And just for my own development, do you feel like this is something I need to work on? And do you have any suggestions? Because your leader Mm -hmm. or boss should be someone you trust who's helping you to get to the next level. Invite him over to your house the next time a repairman is coming over and just talk about it on a one-on-one yeah. at the house. Oh, man. Especially while your girlfriend or boyfriend's out at the club and yeah. you're home alone reading. Yeah. I am being bullied by my stepsisters. I just had a baby and they made a comment about shopping for new clothes. They made snarky comments about how I still wear horror-themed clothing and band shirts from Spencer's and need to dress my age. Honest opinion, do I need to dress more like a mom or can I still wear what I wore in high school? They expect me to dress like them in their cute tops and heels or flats, but that's just not me. I want my 30s to be about loving and accepting myself and I don't want to go back to my depression years of my 20s. How can I convince them I want to wear these clothes and get them to accept me for it? And how can I meet other moms like me? Well, my official <laughs> Did Zoe just fall over? <laughs> Did you just fall down? So I guess the question is, can you be an adult with a baby and still shop at Spencer's and Hot Topic? And Yeah. Of course. Of Do what course. you want. Yeah. Wear what you want. There are people like you out there. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is hard to find. I will say, like, as a mom, you do start to feel a little bit different about wanting to do things that are a little bit more alternative or things that the other moms aren't doing, but like still be you do your thing. If you want to wear your band shirts and your horror tees from Spencer's, there are plenty of other moms out there doing it too. be yourself. You may encourage someone else to want to wear what they want to wear. Yeah. Right. You'll find your tribe. Exactly. That's what I was saying. It may take like uh, cycling through some mommy and me classes, but you'll start finding your people Look in like local Facebook groups and just try to find people who you connect with on things. And those people, if you guys connect on the things you both enjoy, won't care that you're wearing a band tee. Also, you may connect really well with a mom who dresses mm-hmm. in cute tops and heels. Mm-hmm. Like I have friends that I don't have the same style as. Mm-hmm. Like just because you don't right. dress the same doesn't mean you won't like them or that they won't like you. Yeah. Right. As exactly. long as you're confident in who you are. That's right. what matters. To your body. You do and you control what goes into and onto your body. Yeah. And if someone's, if your stepsisters are bullying you, then just, bully them well, that's back. the thing. Your stepsisters may, <laughs> may never be the ones that accept you. And I think mm. just accept that you have to look for your tribe outside of your stepsisters. Mm-hmm. And that's okay too. Right. But you can't always other force people's, it. Other people's opinions of you is none of your business. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I'm a big True. believer in that. I just don't care what other people think mm-hmm. of me. It's, that's, that's their for them. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And if they have a problem with it, then they're just not your people. No. So go you know what? Buy more Spencer's clothing. <laughs> Buy more band t-shirts. And you do it. Just keep keep going. You'll find your moms. Yeah. Go forth and find your people. And then tell them they can find their people on Sisters Not Saints. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. And tell them to submit all their questions, their confessions, their requests for advice. Any topics you think are interesting you'd like to hear us debate. Submit to SistersNotSaints.com. DM us on Sisters Not Saints podcast on Instagram. Look for us on TikTok under Sisters Not Saints Podcast. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.